The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. Today's daf is being studied in the Shabbat of Rabbi Esther. Ruach Hashem Tirahin Begir Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied in the Fuah Shalema. Rahamim Ben Adel. Yosef Ben Sarah. Sarah Bat Rahel. Ena Refana Lahim. Ena Refana Lahim. Fata Nefet Natagu Fuatan. Rabbi Bechin Yinasom and Omar. Amen. We begin today's daf on Khafi Amud Bet. And we are on the bottom line starting at Maishenah. The Gemara related two episodes, one with Rabbi and one with Rabbi Hiya. The case of Rabbi was that a fellow testified that his son was a Kohen and he had a Ni'manut. Another case of Rabbi Hiya was where one brother testified that his other brother was a Levi. And we said that he was trusted as well. So the Gemara's understanding that uh, Rabbi's case was exclusive to the case of the father testifying for his son, and Rabbi Hayaz's case was exclusively, it was only Mati, the case of the brother uh, being Mati, his other brother, to say that he was a Rabbi. So the Gemara asks, May Shena ben Delo Dekarovu etzel Abiv. What's the reason why Rabbi Hayaz says that the father cannot testify that the son is a Kohen, because a father is related to the son, and he's considered a Karov, and a Karov is pasul for testimony, so Karov So for the same reason, how you material one brother to testify that his other brother is a Levi, after all brothers are also Kerobim, so the Kabbalah answers, the Masiyah Levi Tumo, the case was that they didn't accept it Bitur Edut, but they accepted it in the case which was called a Masiyah Levi Tumo, which literally means he was saying it in a nonchalant manner, which means he wasn't saying it for the sake of testimony, he was just talking, and it came out this information, that therefore since it wasn't the Shem testimony, so therefore Masiyah Lefitumo, even by a relative, according to the Bihayah, is permissible. Which means that comes out, that's what the Mahalak between the Bihayah and the Bi is. Which means the question is, according to the Bihayah, a relative alone would not be trusted, unless he is... Even to, get, even to just to feed the guy Tirumah. Whereas according to Rabbi, uh, no, you don't have to be Masih Lafi Tumor. A relative is Naiman to say that his son is a Kohen to feed him Tirumah. Comes Gabriel and says a similar case of Masih Lafi Tumor. A fellow was uh, talking, Masih Lafi Tumor, you know, nonchalantly. The Amar Zakharuni, I remember Kishani Tinok when I was a child, Umurkat al Ketefoshil Abba, and I was being uh, lifted or carried on my father's shoulders, Votsiuni Mebeta Sefen, my father took me out of the school, Vivsituni it kutunti, he took off my ketoret, my robe, Vitbiluni Leechon Bitrumada Ayrim. He took me to the Mikveh and he waited until the evening in order to feed me Tiruma, which is really trying to say in the nonchalant matter that really he remembers things that happen like that, which means he's a Kohen. Because the Kohen, if he becomes Tamer, he goes to the Megvei during the day, and he has to wait until Ha'anif Shemesh, and it's able to eat the Rumah. The Rebbechayah Ba. And the Rebbechayah finishes the story and says, Bidilin Mimeni. 
I always remember my friends were always kept away from me. Because they knew he was a Kohen, so they didn't want to touch him because they didn't want to make him Tamer. They used to nickname me Yohanan Ochel Halot. Yohanan, the one that eats Halot, meaning the one that eats Hala. Because since he's a Kohen, so he has the ability to eat Hala. So Rabbi elevated him to the status of Kehuna according to his testimony. Why? Because he's being considered Messiah. Tanya, we have a bright Rabbi Shomer, El Ghazar Omer, Keshem, Shetiruma, Hazaka, Lekehuna. Just like if you see a person eating Teruma. That's already a Hazaka, that's already an establishment that he is a Kohen. So too when you see somebody eating Ma'asir Rishon, that also establishes as a Kohen. But if you see somebody that's standing by the granaries, and they're giving out uh, Tirumah, or they're giving out Ma'asir, and uh, Betin is uh, sanctioning that this guy should get uh, Tirumah or Ma'asir, Betin sanctioning, giving out Tirumah Ma'asir is not considered a Hazakah. Now the Gemara will ask the obvious question, what do you mean? That should be the biggest hazakah in the world. If Betin is uh, letting a guy collect uh, Tirumot or Ma'asrod, that should be the biggest proof he's a Kohen. But we go one step at a time. The Gemara says, Ma'asir Rishon de Levihu. The Gemara says, what do you mean Ma'asir Rishon is hazakah for a Kohen? Ma'asir Rishon doesn't go to the Kohen, Ma'asir Rishon goes to the Levim. So they put this say in the Bright that Ma'asir Rishon is a hazakah for a Levi. Kebrazus can be Azab and Azariyad. Etanya, Tirumala Kohen. Ma'asir Rishon, Levi, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva holds like we understand. Tirumala goes to the Kohen, Ma'asir Rishon goes to the Levi. Rabbi Azab and Azariyad, Omer, Ma'asir Rishon, Afle Kohen. Ma'asir Rishon also goes to the Kohen. So therefore, if you see a guy eating Ma'asir Rishon, you can establish him as a Kohen. So they give us away. Imur da'amar bin Azab bin Azariyah afle kohen. Which means Rabbi Azab bin Azariyah, all he came along and said was what? That it even goes to Kohanim. So therefore, in the Chaurah, you have no proof. If you see a guy eating a Ma'asir Rishon, it can be either a kohen or a levi. So the Gemara says, la kohen velo le levi. Mi amar? Did he say only to the kohen and not to the levi? Are you able to bring a proof when a guy's eating Ma'asir Rishon that he's Tafka kohen? Kamara says, In. Yes, indeed. It's only for Kohanim. Batar de Kansinu Ezra. After Ezra Sofer was Kones the Levim. Why? Because what happened? The Levim did not want to come back from Bavir to the building of the Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. So Ezra gave them an ultimatum. Either you show up to the construction of the Beit HaMikdash in Israel, otherwise, Kanas. What's the Kanas? You lose your Ma'asir Rishon. And therefore, after the Kanas, in the Khanameh, Ma'asir Rishon was exclusively only for the Kohanim. So therefore, if you see somebody eating a Ma'asir Rishon, after the time of the Kanas, of Ezra Sofer, you know that he's indeed a Kohen. V'dilma ikru v'yahavuneh. So the Gemara says, maybe they gave it to him anyway, which means, even though after there was a Kanas, maybe there was a situation where there was, let's say there was no Kohanim around. Guys, Ma'asir Rishon, maybe gave it to uh, the Nevi. So then we have no uh, proof still that uh, the guy is a coin. Maybe he's a Levi and the guy uh, broke the uh, rule because he couldn't find any Kohanim available. He gave it to him. Amar of Hazda, Hakab Ma'askina. Now, you know what the case is talking about over here? Kegon de Mu'zak lan ba'abu dehai te Kohenu. Which means we know this guy that we're talking about over here, his father was a Kohen. So we know his father is Mu'zak to us as a Kohen. Benafak ale kala de ben Girushao ben Halutao. Oh, but what happened? A rumor came out that he's a Ben Gerusha or Ben Halusa, which means we don't know that maybe uh, he's the son of a divorcee, the son of a Halusa. There was the question on his kiunah. So once you see him eating Ma'asir Rishon, that already proves to us that what? 
that he's indeed a Kohen. So therefore we wouldn't think that he's a Levi, because his father is Musak as a Kohen. So then since his father is Musak as a Kohen, we assume that his son is a Kohen. Ah, so what's the question? Because there was rumors on him. Oh, so how do you dispel the rumors? Why is what you see him eating Masiri Shon, then everybody you know he's a Kohen, the Shittat, the Bil Azad, Bil Azariah. So comes the Gibran says, now what did you see? The Gemara says, you see that they're giving out this guy Maaser in the granaries. Maaser is shown. Levi. So what do you want to say? The guy's a Levi? They love Levi who? He's not a Levi because his father is a Kohen. So we know he cannot be anybody. We're giving a process of elimination. So what do you want to say over here? Ben Girusha or Ben Halutzah. See what is up? Maybe it's a Ben Girusha or Ben Halutzah. So the Gemara says, Lo mevaya leman dabar ma'asirishon asulizarim. Well, if you hold the court to the opinion that says ma'asirishon, you're not allowed to give to strangers, meaning non-Kohanim, you're not allowed to give it to Yisraelim, de lo avu yavile. So they wouldn't have given it to him. So the proof that they're giving him ma'asirishon must be a proof that he's a Kohen, because you're not allowed to give ma'asirishon to a non-Kohen. And even if you want to say that it's permissible for strangers, also you'll ask, you have no raya. The fact that they're giving it to him, it could be he's a stranger, it could be he's Israel. No. That only means that if the Kohen gets it, he can give it away. But not to give it to him from the granaries, they wouldn't give it to him. So the fact that you see he's getting it at the granary must prove to us that he's indeed a... Kohen, because his father is Mokhzak, the Kehuna, comes to give it a continues, Ve'acholek, Be'bet Din, Ena Chazaka. You see a guy getting Ma'asir, um, based on the ruling of Be'bet Din. That's not a Chazaka that he's a Kohen. So the Gemara says, Ibe'bet Din, Rav Yahazaka, Hech Yahad Chazaka. If you tell me that the guy getting a Tiruman from Be'bet Din, is not considered a Chazaka, then what is indeed the Chazaka? That should be the strongest Chazaka, the Chaura. Amar of Sheshat, Haki Kamar. Ha'cholek tiruma b'nikseh abiv im achib be'bet din in a hazakah. Which means you have a guy, he's going with his brothers to bet din, and the bet din is giving out to the brothers tiruma, which is a guy his father was a kohen. Okay? And let's say he was married, and he has children for one wife, then he got married to another wife. Okay? Now the question is, that second wife, there's a question on her. Is she a halala? Is she a girusha or not? So there's a, there's a question on the son from that second wife. Now they see him in Betin, splitting up the Yerusha with the other brothers, and they're giving him uh, teruma. So therefore, the Gemara is assuming that what? That based on uh, this uh, fact, they're giving him teruma. So it could be he'd be a Kohen. Uh, Kamashwan, the writer says, no. When you see one of the brothers, there's a question on him. If his mother was a halala uh, or not, which means Girusha, he's a halal. So therefore, you don't look at that situation as a proof. So the Gemara says, Pshita. What do you mean? It's obvious. Which means, because there's no problem for him to be Yoresh. If he's a halal, he's still considered one of the brothers. So therefore, that shouldn't prove he's a Kohen, because he's a Betin, and they're giving him uh, uh, the Tirumah, they're giving him all these stuff over here, which is, he can take the Tirumah, by the way, and sell it. So there was no Ra'ayan necessarily that he's anything. So of course, uh, just because you see him getting part of the Yerusha, that he's not, that he's not a Kohen. So he says, Since the other brothers, they're getting their Tirumah to eat, so you might think also when they're giving him his, his teruma, it's to eat. And therefore you should assume that what he is indeed a kohen. Kabash ma'alan, hanach la'akhila, hai lezibune. Which is, he's there getting it to eat. And he's taking the teruma in order to sell it. And then we have no ra'ayah in the case of the cholek me'beddin.
comes down Ramana continues. We learned in our Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda Omer En Ma'adin Lekehuna Alpi Edehad. That was the second Shita in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda said that when one witness comes along, he cannot establish a person to be a Kohen. Then we saw the end of the Mishnah, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. He also said the same thing, that you're not Ma'aleh, a Kohen based on one witness. So the Gemara asks, it's the same shita, which means they're both saying that what you cannot be ma'ale lekiyon alpi and the had. So the Gemara says vechi temayid ur had ikabenayu. Maybe you'll tell me that what the nafkemena between them is when there's somebody that contests, because we all learned that what when there's uh, 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 somebody contests that's called an ur. So maybe I'll say the nafkemena between the two shitot is how many people is considered an ur. And the Gemara explains did it be the ayezer somebody an ur had. Meaning the Bina Ezra says, even if one person contests, then already you do not believe one witness. Then already you need two witnesses to say the guy's a Kohen. Then Azbag, Sabari, Ur, Tereh. And Azbag will say, no. If one guy contests, it's nothing. You can take the one witness to say that he's a Kohen. The only time Ur is considered in Ur is when you have two guys contesting. Maybe that's enough coming out. So the Gemara says, Kempi, We have a rule. In Ur is not less than two. Which means, according to everybody, Ben Rabbi El Azir, Ben If one guy contests, you pay no attention to him. So only you have one witness that's being Everybody agrees the minimum contest, uh, the, the contest is how much? Two. So we're back to the question. What's the Afkamina between Rabbi El Azir and Rabbi Shulgamliel? Good. We have the case where we establish, we know the guy's father. That's in question over here. The guy's father is Muhzaklanu to be a Kohen. So what happened? A rumor came out on his child that the child is the son of a Gerusha or a son of a Halusa. Okay, now we don't pay too much attention to rumors. However, Betin over here in this case, what do they do? The Ahtine. They have to come along and lower him down from his status of Kiyunah because they have to follow the rumor. However, then Wokinus came along and said, the Kohenu. I know that he's a Kohen. Now it's one witness against the rumor. So certainly you're going to take the one witness that knows he's a Kohen. So what did Betin do? The Askine. So they elevated him back to his status of Kehuna. The Atu Betre. Now what happened? Two witnesses showed up. The Amri Ben Girushao Ben Halutsao. Now it's two witnesses against one witness. And the two witnesses coming along and saying, we know he's a Ben Girushao Ben Halutsao. So what did they do to Betin? The Ahtine. So they lower him down again. The Atta now one witness shows up, another witness, and says, I know that he is a Kohen. So now technically you have two witnesses against two witnesses over here. So the Gemara is going to analyze exactly what the Mahlokin is and why is it so. So the Gemara says, Everybody agrees that the second guy that showed up, even if he showed up as a single, you can mistare from the first guy that also wanted to say that this guy is a Kohen. So basically you have... Two against two. So what's the mahluk between the Bil Hazar and the Bil Azra and Barashbag? The question is, are we concerned about the the uh, disparaging or the zilzul of Betin? Because over here, what is Betin doing? First they lower him. Then they bring him up. Then they lower him down. Now you want to bring him up again. So it's like a zilzul to the Betin. Nobody's going to have any trust to Betin when Betin says anything. Because you see, Betin keeps on uh, changing their mind. So it's a zilzul. Once already two witnesses showed up. So you accepted the two witnesses that he's a Narakohe, that he's a Ben Gerusha, so you lowered him down. 
you do not elevate him. Even though that other witness comes, and even though the Chayorah, you should misstarif that, that last witness with the first witness, still, Hayshira leziluta de Medina. You're concerned about the zilzul that's going to cause to Betin. And Rashi says, third line, Shoridu shne pa'amim. They lowered him already twice. Ve'ashav ya'alu ve'yibatlu devrehim. It's like they're nullifying their words. Ve'ayru dekabar bi'il hazar demeachar shorad nu'al pi'a orerim. She's once already there's an orer. Who's the orer? The orerim is once already uh, there was a rumor. And you lowered him down based on the rumor. En ma'alin al pi'ed zeh She's when the second witness comes, now we should elevate him. Even though really should be mistarifim, but once you lower him already, we're not going to keep on uh, bringing him up. But that's his result to the betin. The betin ha'berashbag sabar, anan ahtinan le, the anan maskinan le. We lowered him, and we hired him. Jesus. It's all the rabbis. We're able to lower, we're able to hire him. We're not concerned about the zuzul of Bedin. Good. But the only question is like this. According to Nashbag, the Chaurat's two against two. So therefore, usually what do we say two against two? Two against two, you usually put the guy on a Hazakah. Now what's the Hazakah of this guy? The Chaurat, we didn't know what this guy was. He has no Hazakah. We didn't, it was a Safek, it's Hazakah. So that she wants to answer that no, the Hazakah of this guy was Hazkat Kohen. Why? Because initially, one witness came against the rumor. A rumor is nothing when there's one witness. So therefore, the rumor is, is knocked out, dispelled. One witness came and said, this guy's a Kohen. At that point, he has Hazakah of a Kohen. Now already, it turns out to become two against two. So now we have a Safik. But since initially, it was one a witness that established him as a Kohen, and we believe that witness, that's because he has Hazakah of a Kohen. And therefore, when it's two against two, he reverts back to Hazakat Kohen. Tosfot doesn't like that, because Tosfot says, when the second witness has come, they're dispelling the first witness. So it's removing the Hazakah. So Tosfot wants to say the Hazakah of because it's his father had a Hazkat Kohen. His father had a Hazkat Kohen. So that gives, in this case, we're going to say the father's Hazkat Kohen, exactly, it gives the son a Hazkat Kohen. If when it's two against two, you put him on a Hazakah, then it's considered a Kohen. So the Mahlogan over here is what? Are you Hoshesh for Zilluta de Bedina or not? Comes to Gibran Ez. But Kif not of Ashe'iyache. If that's the case, Afidu Tre Vetre Nameh. Even two against two, which means like this, according to the B in the Aizid. His case was what? That in the case was where if the two witnesses came along and said he's not a Kohen, one witness showed up and said he is. So in that case where one witness showed up, it's mashma, you don't believe him. But what? If two witnesses would show up simultaneously, it's mashma, you'd believe them. Now, according to this reason, Zilutad de Betin, what's the difference? How many witnesses come up? Bottom line, you're lowering him, you're elevating him, you're lowering him. It doesn't matter how many show up. But from the diuk of the statement, it's mashma, only one witness comes, it's a problem at the end. But if two come, it's not a problem. According to this reasoning, even two witnesses would be the same problem of Zilutad de Betina. So the Gemara says, you're right. Ela nu answer. Amar of Asheb, bimistarfin de Aidut kamepange. Which means really nobody holds Zilutad de Bedina. That's not the concern over here. Everybody holds it's not a problem to elevate him, to lower him, to bring him back up. That's not the issue over here. The issue is can you be mitzaref singles? When you have one head that comes initially, that says the guy's a Kohen, and then one comes later, and they didn't testify at the same time, can you be mitzaref two single witnesses as a edut? Now, where do you see this mahalog? It's the same mahalog as the following Tanaim. The Tanya, in edutan mitzarefet. This is two mahlukot we're going to discuss over here. The first is like this. You cannot mistarif two eduyot ad shiru shenem ke'ahat until they see the transaction simultaneously. This is talking about a case where one guy comes along and says, I saw the transaction. 
And another guy comes to Mitzvah. I saw that Reuven lent money to uh, uh, Shimon. Good. And the other guy comes along and says, and I saw that Shimon admitted that he took a loan. Now, basically they're testifying on the same situation, but different, different parts of the situation. One thing, I saw the uh, action, the, the transaction. One thing, well, I saw that uh, Shimon agrees that he owes the money. So according to this opinion, that's not considered testimony. They both have to see the transaction themselves. He said, no, even Zeharze, which means even if they come along and one guy testifies on the transaction, and one guy testifies on the, um, on the fact that he agrees that he owes the money, that's considered okay. So that's the first mahlukat. Second mahlukat, the second mahlukat is that what? Beti will not accept testimony until they testify simultaneously. So according to the first shitad, they have to testify first of all on the same Transaction. Now the second mahluk is they have to actually testify at the same time. No, we can hear one witness today and one witness comes tomorrow. So therefore the mahluk of Rabbi Yoshua and Tarakaman Rabbi Natan is the mahluk of Rabbi Yehazir and the Shimon Gamliel, which is Rabbi Yehazir that came along and said what? That what? You're not going to uh, trust the witness that came at the end. Why? Because she's a single. And we all, the t- witnesses have to come together to testify. We're according to the Binatan, no. Come today, we're going to come tomorrow. So that's why we'll go like the Binatan. That's why when the witness, one witness comes at the end, you must start it with the first witness. Therefore, it's two against two. Hazakah. Put him back to a Kohen. And therefore, that is the Mahlog. Comes the Mishnah and says, Aisha. A lady was taken in captivity by the of the Mamun for a monetary situation, which means let's say they want money uh, from her. Okay, so therefore they can they, they took her into captivity for the sake of uh, money. That she says, <coughs> she's permissible to her husband, which means we don't assume that what they violated her. That she they're not going to violate because they don't want to lose their money. And therefore she owes them money. So therefore they don't want to violate because they're going to they're lose their money. So therefore according to this shita, she's permissible. Not only uh, according to, she's permissible to a uh, Kohen, but she's permissible also to a Israel, like we'll see in the next Rashi. Now we know, if you remember we learned the Masikad Yibamot, that if a lady goes with some another man, lady that's married, goes with another man willingly, she becomes forbidden to the husband. So the Hadush over is when it's for monetary situation, we don't assume that the queen violated her because they're scared that they're not going to get paid. So then we should go back to her husband. However, if they took a, let's say, because of a capital punishment situation, the Gemara will explain, which means, let's say, for a death penalty or some sort of that, therefore they mafkid her. And therefore, since they mafkid her, we're concerned that what? They went with her, and that she says we're concerned that even she might have went with them willingly. And therefore she's going to be forbidden, not only if her husband is a Kohen, but she'll be forbidden even if her husband is a Yisrael. So comes together, so with the base of the Mishnah is making a haluk between. What's the reason she was taken into captivity? Is it because of Mamonot? Or is it because of Nefashot? Mamonot, no problem. You don't assume that there was any violation of it, but because Nefashot, already they, the Mafkira, therefore they go and they violate it. So comes together and says, Amar of Shmuel Bar Rav Yitzhak, Amar of Lo Shanu Ela Shiyad Yisrael Takifa, uh, this is only talking about that one, that which we said that Mamon, 
she's permitted a permissible to her husband. That's talking when when Bnei Israel have the, the, the uh, uh, control over the Goyim. And therefore the Goyim are scared of the Jewish people. Therefore, if they're going to violate her, the law is going to kick in and they're not going to get their money. So therefore, in that case over there, when we had this takifa, we're going to say what? That the, um, the, 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 the lady was not violated. But let's say the Guim are uh, in charge. They, 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 they are ruling and strong over even if it's a monetary thing, she's asura because they don't care. Because they're in charge. They'll get the money anyway. They, they, they don't worry about any... any Because uh, um, they're running the uh, show. They're not scared. Matim Rava, Rava has a question. So again, we have the Shittavi of Rav Shemuel Bar, Rav Yitzhak, in the name of Rav, that makes a very important haluk over here. That that which we say, Mamon, is not an issue of violation, is only talking about Shiyad Yisrael Takifa. However, because they're scared. But if you had Goyimah Takif, then already we assume that even on Mamon, they're going to violate and she's forbidden to the... Husband comes to Gabriel and says, Mativ Rava, He'aid Rabbi Yosei HaKohen Rabbi Zechariah ben Qasaf. There was a testimony, Al-Bat Yisrael Shehur Hanna Be'ashkelon. The place in Ashkelon, that she says, that's really an Eris Pilishtim. And what happened? She uh, collateraled herself to the Green. She owed the Green money, so she went willingly, and she said, okay, I don't have the money to pay, so she, so she, she sold herself, so to speak, to the Green as a collateral. So that she was under their uh, dominion. Uh, so that a family, they distanced themselves from her, which they saw for so she was violated. Therefore, they're not going to let her marry into the uh, Kiona, let's say. So witnesses came along and said, listen, we're telling you that, first of all, they testified that she was, she, she mortgaged herself, because the family didn't know that. The witnesses came along and said mortgaged herself. They also said what? That uh, nothing happened. So comes the Gemara and says, "Va'amru lemachamim." So Nachamim told the family, "Imatem ma'aminim shurhana." Already, if you believe in the witnesses that are telling you that she mortgaged herself and she's under the 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 dominion of the goyim, ha'aminu shalon isterav shulat mas. You got to believe them also, because you believe in their testimony. You believe them also. Nothing happened. That she was not nitmea. Ve'im iatem ma'aminim shulon isterav shulat mas. If you don't believe what they said about lonet mea, al ta'aminu shurhana. So don't believe either that she was taken into custody by the Goyim. Either believe them on everything they say, or believe them on nothing that they say. Now, now we know that Ashkelon, since it was in the land of the Pilishtim, that was the area where Yad of the Kochavim were what? Were Takif. And what's the Gemara saying? And the statement is, Which means, the only reason why we're saying over here, you have an issue that what that you need Edim uh, to come along and say nothing happened is because it was Hurhena. Hurhena is worse than a regular case of captivity. Why? Because she put herself into the situation. When a lady puts herself in the situation, because she didn't pay a debt, after the debt is uh, due, the Greens say, well, she's our property now. And then there's a bigger civil to say that they're going to violate her. Because, uh, listen, she owes the money. They, the Goyim in their brains, they say, listen, we own her now. She, she, she's, the, she's the debt now. We're taking her as the debt. And therefore, she's selling herself willingly to us. So in that case over there, that's why you need Adib to come along and say, nothing happened. But Mashmawat, in the case of Nihbesh, where she was taken into captivity, which is a monetary situation over here. And you have a case over here of Yad Goyim or uh, Takif, because it's a similar case of uh, Ashkelon, we're going to say what? Nashi, third line, Nehbesha, De'ena nihletet lahem, which means, she's really not, um, 
She didn't go willingly to them. Lo ba'inan edim hu yilba'yedim amonu. Smasa, you wouldn't need edim on a case of habusha. Ah, but we just said a chiluk. We just said that if it's a case of yad guim takif, that you have to assume that they violated even on a habusha case. Again, the question is in this case, so it's master that one. Only because hud hena, that's why you need edim to come and testify that what? Nothing happened. But mashma, in the case of habusha, it's just a monetary case. We're not worried about it. Why? Because for money, they're not going to violate a lady. What do you mean? In the case where Yad Gurim Tikifah, like Ashkelon, when the story happened, Habusha, they're going to violate. Because Yad Gurim Tikifah, so Rav Shemuel Bar Yitzchak's, Rav Shemuel Bar Yitzchak's Hiluk, it's not a Hiluk, it's a question. Skibra answers, No, Huadin Afidun Nihbesha. Really, Huadin Nihbesha, when it's a case of Yad Gurim Tikifah, the deen is what? That you're going to have to, uh, that you assume that what she was violated. The story was uh, But who I need if it was Nehmesha, the deen would be the same. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.